Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. This is part six. Yes, and this is Valentine's Day. Good way to wrap up our series about how to have a successful, happy marriage and partnership. And this this has been a pleasingly well-received podcast series from, um, you know, the feedback based on all the feedback we got from all of you guys. We're going to be doing more content like this. And uh, we're thrilled about it, frankly, because now we can start talking about more things other than, you know, real estate stuff. <laughs> real estate stuff, <laughs> or, yes. Or, or overtly about real estate stuff. We do, yeah. I think, always uh, do a decent job looping it back in to making this relevant about real estate. And in case you're listening to this uh, part six and you haven't listened to the previous podcast on this very topic, this topic was something that we get frequently asked about, about, you know, Julie and I have been married for 31 years this year. And we've owned several businesses together. And the question we get a lot, especially from people that are married or have partnerships, they want to work together and they don't want to sacrifice their personal relationship, is how do we go about doing it? Well, listen to the previous five uh, five shows, and today is the final show on this topic. And uh, you'll get an idea of what how we've done it. And now, it's not just Julie and I's personal advice to you. It is what we have learned from having over – between the two of us, we've had probably 250,000 one-on-one coaching calls over the years. And a lot of times you'll see relationship, you know, these are our real estate businesses, right? Yours, ours, they're closely held small businesses in essence. Mm -hmm. And so it's inevitable that you're going to be intermixing business and personal life. It's part of the deal and you can't escape it. (laughs) Matter of fact, probability of you being successful in your business is about zero if you're not intentionally bringing in your personal life. Um, Because if you try to keep it out, that's what's going to create the tension trying to have some sort of uh, fake separation. You know, the reality of it is, is that a successful entrepreneur is not just a successful entrepreneur from nine to five. They're a successful entrepreneur 24 uh, seven. And if you then bring in your spouse, then you are now having to have that person adopt the same, I'd say, overall lifestyle and use the same operating system as you have. Yes, I would agree with that. And a special shout out to Robin, one of our longtime listeners and coaching clients who has been sending this podcast series to her recently married daughter. So thank you for that text this morning, Robin. We appreciate you. And I hope that your daughter finds this useful. I think it's great to start out with these points and to have kind of a roadmap for how you want to handle your marriage, your partnership, et cetera. So Thank you for mentioning that. So before we get to point number 15 and point number 16, and they, I think these are pro- – I think both of these, frankly, are one of the two biggest points of the whole series. I can't say they're more important, but I think they're one of those – these next two points are things that people – if you only heard the, these two points, it probably would have encapsulated the last week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, just a quick reminder. If you have not yet enrolled as a premier coaching client, as a Harris Real Estate University premier coaching client, it's easy for you to do so. Just text the word premier – to 47372. Text the word premiere to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link that you can just hop on over to our website and you can become a, a premier coaching client and for around $100 a month, depending on which path you choose. But again, it's something a lot of you have been listening to us for years. This is the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the, in the United States, at least. 
Um, and uh, we have listeners all over the world, too. It's always kind mm-hmm. of interesting to go into iTunes and go into the analytics and see all the different places we're being listened to. And so if you're yet to become one of our coaching clients, you like the podcast, obviously, tens of thousands of you listen every day. What are you waiting for? Become a premier coaching client. Just text the word premier. Uh, to 47372. Now, if you are international, the text widget won't work. So just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, and the first option is premier coaching. And that is how you can become one of our premier coaching clients. But for those of you who are in the United States, just text the word premier to 47372. And remember, message and data rates may apply. All right, Julie. So I'm going to read number 15. Mm -hmm. And number 15, I think, is really, really critically important. It's also the easiest thing to over uh, to take for granted because people confuse goals with what would be essentially their urgent to-do list. In other words, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes, it's, they're definitely. not thinking on a large enough scale. So point number 15 is share mutual goals. The number one reason marriages fail is from not having shared goals, physical, financial, health, spiritual, educational, and family goals. Now, I know Julie wants to talk a lot about this because she's obviously had, you know, she's been referred to as the number one real estate coach in the nation. So she's got lots of good things to share. But I do want to put something in there about the word balance. Balance is a yes. lie. And when you hear that, these are sort of the, I think, the institutional way of thinking about goals. You have these five categories, physical, financial, health, spiritual, educational, and family. At no point in your life are you going to, or should you try to, have all five of those things in any sense of balance. Because just the very uh, effort to try to put things in balance will cause you to feel burnout and get out of balance. And I'll just again, we're real estate coaches and we're helping you build hopefully very profitable businesses. The um, when you're building your real estate business, when you're setting goals with your spouse or your partner, the one of the understandings of setting said goals are some of the other things are going to have to be taking a back seat to the pursuit of the financial goal of being a successful business owner. That's true. I mean, if the financial part is off, then the other things matter less because that will be your prevailing thought is what's going on with the finances. And in our future podcast, perhaps we'll do this this week, but certainly in the next two weeks, we're going to present to them daily minimum standards as a topic that address those goals, physical, financial health, so that you're doing something every day about those goals. So the easiest way for you guys to go on the same page of, of goals is it's complete the real estate treasure map. It's very simple. You know, it's not some wimpy, you know, one pager deal you can do with a glass of Chardonnay. This no. is something that you should print out. You should take very seriously or just download it as a PDF and read it on your phone, or your iPad or whatever. And then really do the work of completing all of the, frankly, financial triage that's necessary Mm -hmm. to understand all of it. It's intentionally a laborious process that is going that'll force you to take seriously all of the aspects of your finances and really your your goal setting in life in Mm -hmm. general. But really, if you're not sharing, if you're not, the goals are uh, the very north star that will always remind you if you're on track or not. So if you're wandering, you know, uh, haplessly through your day and you're not knowing which direction you should be going, and this is the reason I said most people mistake uh, to-do, to-do lists with goals, and all of a sudden the to-do list is go to the grocery store. All of a sudden the to-do list is do this, the other thing, immediate things. That's not really a goal in the sense of what we're talking about. No, that's, that's just survival, really. Exactly. That's not going to give you any sense of direction and any real sense of purpose. 
So, for example, if you and I received quite a few nice notes about the physicality aspects of mm -hmm. maintaining a long-term relationship, and I was Julie and I were both a little nervous, especially <laughs> Julie, about when we were saying that it's an obligation of both uh, partners or both you know spouses to not get uh, unattractive. You know, over the years, it's sort of you know it's easy to pack on weight and not give so much a uh, hoot about what you look like, and you are essentially being disloyal to the commitment that your partner made to you and you made your partner. So mm -hmm. if you look like a completely, now granted, if you're, you know, a thousand years ago, you got married, well, then you might have an excuse. <laughs> right. But for the most part, most of you are nothing like the wedding pictures from a few years ago or from maybe 20 years ago. Or possibly the picture on your business card, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why is that? It's just because you've gotten a little complacent. Well, yeah. okay. So what message are you sending to the world and all that? We talked about that in a previous podcast in this series, but the physical goals are something that all of you guys can get on board with. And we, again, the previous podcast, we talked a lot about it, but that's one of the things that together you can be working on. And at the same time, the nice thing about like Julie and I went on a six mile walk this morning we are going a six mile walk. Would we talk about the whole time? We didn't talk about real estate. I promise you, you know, we were talking about different things, different podcasts we were listening to. We were just talking about different conversations we've had with different people. We were just talking. And running into friends and, yeah. you know, doing that sort of thing. But yes, you have to share your mutual goals. And the best way to do that is the treasure map because you can do that together with your spouse, your partner. Some of our coaching clients bring their kids in if they're old enough to understand goal setting. So share those mutual goals. You can have some individual goals, but you also have to be on the same page. So if you want the treasure map, and thank you for reeling me back in, mm -hmm. text the word Harris, it's our last name, H-A-R-R-I-S, text the word Harris to 47372. And not only will you be then given the treasure map to download and, and completely fill out, but it's also going to entitle you to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. And remember, mes message and data rates may apply. But the setting of goals is the, is the single most important thing that you can do because it is now setting goals separately and setting goals into, uh, as a, a couple and as a family. Those are all things that will – and they don't have to be a billion goals. And getting back to the balance thing. When you're working on your business, your financial goals, working together, assuming this is your the purpose of you uh, listening to this series, this work with your spouse or your partner, finances are going to take probably um, the front seat. Well, maybe, for example, spirituality might take the back seat. There's times in your life when different things are going to have differing levels of importance and where you could be setting goals around each of those things. One of the things you should never let go by the wayside, again, is your finances and your, uh, your physicality, your health in essence. Because if you do, obviously, that you'll be maybe rich and famous, but you won't have much of a life because you're not very healthy. You guys get the point of it? But again, don't be suckered into believing that somehow magically you can have some sort of mythical balance in your life. There's so many books written about this. There's so many people that have you know, tried to be fake gurus, trying to convince you guys you can have balance in your life. You really can't. Um, well, you, this is a moving thing. If you do a good job on it, you're going to actually achieve your goals and then you're going to have to go back to your treasure map and reset them. It, it's meant to change. So yes, you can have balance in your life if the only two things are important to you are, say, for example, spiritual and physical. If those are the only things that you're really focusing on, you have no family goals, you have no financial goals, you have no educational goals. You just want to go to yoga all day and that's your, you know, your primary thing in life and that's what leads you. That's your only interest. Yeah, maybe that's, you know, but for the most part, most people are going to need to have more sense of fulfillment and accomplishment, which is going to be encapsulated with focusing on physical, family, health, spiritual, educational, and of course, family goals. Um, now, let's just belabor this point because I've had so many people over the years thank us for it. Mm -hmm. But when you have kids and you're setting goals, 
set the goals with the kids. Make it so that the kids can uh, hold you accountable, in essence, <laughs> to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And we've recommended this for years because it's a hilarious way to go about doing it. We do it ourselves, um, though, frankly, we're not doing it as much because Zoe has become quite abusive about it. <laughs> But you can create it is true. You can create a public um, just take an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and mom or dad or mom and dad have to sell, say, 20 houses. And you're going to, you know, keep a a log, uh, you know, a a column essentially of house one, house two, house three. And along the way, when house five is sold, there's a family payoff, some sort of thing that everyone wants to do. Mm -hmm. House 10, house 15, house 20. And maybe house 21 is a trip to Disney World. But if you tie the family into the accomplishment of the goals, then Johnny or Susie are going to understand if you can't make every single, you know, soccer game, right? And by the way, those of you who are searching for accountability partners, well, <laughs> I'm just saying they're really good at holding you guys accountable. And I'll give you this one last point before we point move to point number 16 is um, there's, again, we mentioned this book before. It's not a book that anyone ever thanks me for suggesting <laughs> because they all hate it, but it's a great book to listen to. How about that for an endorsement? It's very practical. <laughs> it is. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. It's written by a guy's first name is George something. But just go to Amazon. You can find it or just drop it into Google. And that's the name of the book. Profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. As every single small business owner, all of you, should absolutely read or listen to that book. We have no business relationship with it whatsoever. I suggest it uh, all the time. And I've never had someone, anyone, say thank you for having me read it because of the fact that the, the way he delivers the message with regards to um, focusing all your best energies on your business. And if you're not, you're actually being a, you know, frankly, in this, in the case of his book, you're being a really crappy parent or partner or spouse. Uh, that's something a lot of people don't want to emotionally deal with. The only people that really are ready for his message are people that are absolutely serious about the success of their business. And what drives them to be successful isn't necessarily just their own sense of accomplishment and their egos, but it's wanting to take care of their families. Right. So it's a transcendental type approach to business, but it does require sacrifice. It does require doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So if you're looking to really understand that point completely, I would strongly suggest you listen to that book or read that book with your spouse or your partner. Yes. So point number 16, don't betray your spouse. Now, that's obvious with, you know, infidelity, but it goes deeper than that. People can actually cheat on their spouse or partner in more ways than just with sex. Emotional relationship with others outside of your marriage, a partnership can easily be a form of betrayal. That could be somebody you've become extra chummy with at the office, at the gym, at your kid's school. You know, it manifests in different ways. And we've all had coaching clients that have had well, some semblance of that going on. Give me the example. Maybe they didn't realize it. So, what, well, I don't even care if we tell them. So you and I helped start a chapter of the YEO. Yes. When we are in Columbus, Ohio. Young Entrepreneurs Organization. Right. It's a sister organization for YPO. I'm pretty sure both of those organizations have been sensory branded, but that aside. Yeah. So we helped set aside, we helped establish um, the YEO chapter in Columbus, and Julie and I were in charge of recruitment, mm-hmm. <laughs> strangely enough, right? <laughs> okay. So Julie was uh, put in, it was basically all men. There was a few yeah. women. It was just getting out of the ground. Um, I'm just going to set the stage for the experience you had. That's fine. And so the, one of the elements of YEO and YPO is, is called the mastermind. And the mastermind um, structure is phenomenal. It's something that we've tried to copy in many of our uh, private mastermind retreats that we do from time to time. Um, but anyway, so I want you to uh, tell them your experience being in that mastermind with regards to 
how they were oftentimes not understanding the point of not point number six mm-hmm. when it came 16. to how yeah point number sixteen as they would refer as they mm-hmm. talk about frankly their wives. Yeah, well, there, there's a couple of things going on. I'm not sure exactly which story you're talking about, but uh, you know, I think it was young entrepreneurs, right? So we were. I think you had to be under forty, but most of us were in our twenties at the time, and I was, of course, the only woman there. And, and be, through the mastermind, I would hear these guys like complaining about their wives and how they, you know, they just stay at home and take care of the kids and this and that. And they had to, they found camaraderie in the, the mutual bitching about it. Right. And I, I thought, you know, like even back then before we were who we are now, I still had the thought, you know, aren't you setting mutual goals together? Didn't you have an agreement that, you know, when your kids were little, your wife was going to be home? And why are you bitching about that? But isn't that a form of betrayal? It basically is. Basically talking crap about your spouse Absolutely. to your buddies? Isn't that bizarre? And it was as somebody who was supposed to be a business peer in a business organization. It was a huge turnoff to me as to them as a human being at all. Mm-hmm. Much le- And so because of that, I was not as receptive to some of the business conversations because I just thought, like, here's a very basic thing that you're kind of screwing up, you know. And then the other thing I was thinking about was they would do retreats. And I'm not going to a retreat with a bunch of people like that. That's, so, you know, so anyway. to, to the original point, though, yeah. you're you're speaking to their, the character of it all. Yes. And, but because then you don't talk trash about your spouse. But ultimately, it goes to the fact that you, the betrayal of your spouse or your partner isn't just, you know, the uh, Jerry Springer variety. No. Betrayal is having what would be called inappropriate, intimate relationships. And conversations, even. A, exactly. And ever talking about your spouse with anybody other than perhaps a medical professional, but frankly, even then. And because it's just not appropriate. You're betraying your spouse if you talk shit about your spouse to uh, really anybody. And But let me just frame that out for you. If you're the types of relationships that are appropriate, uh, like for you as a married person, just keeping it simple, mm-hmm. uh, once you get married, the besties type situation outside yep. of your marriage, your marriage in your spouse or your partner is supposed to be your bestie. That's it. That's not complicated. And so that that you know, I see where you're you know going with all that. So that can be even commiserating with a buddy at whatever coffee or the gym or what have you about something that you don't like about your spouse right. or that you're going through with your spouse or that you wish would be different. It's not really appropriate to hang that out with somebody else. And that goes nowhere. Well, if you're I've having had, issues with that, and we have, I mean, it's different when it's a coaching relationship. People, people yeah. friends, uh, friends will often. They'll they, try it. They'll try it. They'll try yeah. to get you to talk. You know, my guy friends will try to get me to talk about you because it's just part of the natural thing. They're not sure. like interested really. They're just, it's just. Making conversation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, for, and oftentimes I know that I don't have the uh, level of friendship with some of these men that I would because I won't uh, do the locker room chat kind I of won't. thing. I yeah. won't. Not they're not locker. You don't know well, what locker room chat is, Julie, because you've never been in a guy's locker room. This isn't guy's locker room t- chat. Guy's Clarify. locker room chat is you okay. know completely different. This is basically just people looking to have a mutual uh, bitch fest, or really like I you know to the point betraying their spouse. And that they're talking about their backs, behind their backs. Yeah. And, and I know you've had girlfriends trade yes. that before. Yeah, and I don't think it's appropriate, you know. I, th- I think that you should have a strategy. It's not that you shouldn't be friends with them at all and just, you know, break up the relationship. But you should have a strategy to get out of that conversation. Never have it in the first place. Never have it. Don't invite it. I think certain people kind of uh, walk around and, and spew conversation on you. I think that's kind of a personality thing that some people have. 
But I, maybe it's the coach in me, I always will say something like, well, what are you planning on doing about that? Or what do you feel about that? I make it, I turn it back on them because they're not going to get any commentary from me. I'm not going to participate in it. But it's interesting though, it becomes so normal to have a circle of friends that you feel it's appropriate to sort of unburden yourself with, where the reality of it, that is that job is, uh, you're, it's not just the job, but it's not just the obligation, but it's the honor of the person you married yes. to be that person for you. And if you're not uh, having those types of conversations in your your relationship. You shouldn't look outside of your relationship. And you shouldn't look outside of your relationship because you are betraying that relationship. Now, yeah. maybe you entered into this relationship with somebody and you guys didn't have that clear of an understanding of what the you know, the guardrails were to essentially how to govern yourselves. And that makes, you know, that's normal. Yeah. Well, you'll it's find, though. but you'll find that a lot of the problems that you might have or the emotional feeling of disconnection comes from the fact that you're trying to connect to someone else other than your spouse. And it's fascinating that oftentimes the conversations that you're going to have, uh, you know, with friends and whatnot, that's going to be about your spouse or your partner are not positive. They're not mm-hmm. going to result in some, happy resolution because what people have a tendency to do is they'll then bring their you know baggage into the conversation and their opinion exactly and the next thing you know not only were you just having an inappropriate conversation in our opinions inappropriate conversation but you're also then going to start hearing their stuff and then guess what you're violating i think it was point number two where you're hanging out with people that have their own set of you know relationship issues Mm -hmm. and then now you're having relationship issues because you essentially absorb their crap that's true and i have to say you know once you get on that slippery slope of those conversations and then you're at a party later or a gathering later and people are drinking and it's getting late and you know this goes nowhere fast so it's best to just have that standard that you don't go there and you know how to get out of those conversations if you can and it's fascinating ultimately if you think in your own lives the people that don't ever that are essentially following especially the last couple rules Mm -hmm. maybe they don't do it overtly maybe they've never had a conversation with you about the fact that they're not going to ever have inappropriate relationships uh, even, you know, uh, you know, very friendship, uh, inappropriate relationships. Now, some of you I know are going to have big offenses to that, but I just want you to think of the context of what we're saying. So don't take it to an extreme just to discount exactly. this point. Um, but the reality of it is, is that often is, again, another nice way to quickly destroy your relationship because you are resolving and working out your emotions with essentially somebody outside of your relationship that you did not take vows to always, you know, exactly. be true to. And so then that, that person has become essentially your pseudo, like I heard people say things like work wife or work husband and all that. Those are all un- inappropriate types yeah, of relationships to have full stop if yes. you want to stay married. Now, I, I should say that I think there's a lot of value for a lot of people in doing premarital counseling through their church or their synagogue or, you know, that that's a very organized path. And a lot of our points are very congruent with what they teach. They'll start out with Tell me about your financial situation. Who's in charge of the checkbook? You know, it's very uh, valuable educational-wise before you actually get married. And and I think that if you're not married yet and you're thinking about that, whether you're young or old or anywhere in between, I think you should look into that before you have to recreate something after out of making mistakes early on. So if you follow these basic rules, and Julie and I obviously could have come up with some more, and we probably could have combined a few, but when you follow these basic rules, you'll find that your ascension in life to uh, essentially being able to accomplish mutual goals, it goes much faster. You're going to be able to accomplish more goals, set bigger goals, 
And, you know, it's kind of shocking when I think about coaching clients that we've mm-hmm. you know, had for decades in some cases and uh, married ones, especially what they've been able to accomplish. And, you all, you know, I, it's mm-hmm. because they follow the rules of especially rule number 15 and 16. You know, they're going to share mutual goals and they're not going to betray their spouse. Um, well, it's a true partnership is being on each other's side, having each other's backs, having mutual goals going in the same direction. What's the old saying? Ride the horse in the direction it's going. Yeah. You know, if you're both riding the horse or rowing the boat in the same direction, it happens faster and easier. And, you know, one of the things that coaching clients complain about a lot is that they feel like they're in it alone and nobody's got their back. And, you know, they're like this with this cowboy out there trying to, to uh, do their business and, and who is encouraging them and supporting them. So that's something to think about from a spouse standpoint is to have each other's backs and and truly have that partnership. I want to talk. I'm going to add a point seventeen. Okay. And I want to add this because I did. I just had this message pop. I had someone text me, mm-hmm. and it was um, they were. I don't actually. I'm not even going to share any of the nature of the okay. text because I think it would be me. It would it would be inappropriate. Okay. But I'll tell you what the gist of it sure, was. Sure. The theme. This person had normalized not having sex with their spouse. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, I didn't. I, Julie and I are not, you know, family psychology. We're not experts. We don't have PhDs. But this is really uh, something that happens too frequently as people get older, especially is you normalize not having sex. And sex is really important. The purpose of sex is to stay emotionally and obviously physically connected. And if you stop having sex, what happens is you build up very deeply rooted um, scars, emotional scars. So I'm going to give you guys a suggestion. And this is something actually we learned uh, when we read a book by uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's, I think, 10 stupid things couples do to mess up their lives something or something. Because like yeah. we listened to all those Dr. Laura uh, books and whatnot. I mean, we've been married for 31 years, but we listened to all those. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we when she was writing them back multiple in the 80s and 90s. Too, yeah, multiple. You know, yeah. But here, here's really the, the secret to, to that in particular, if you're wrestling with that. Assuming you, even if you think you don't want to have an intimate relationship, what you're losing by not having an intimate relationship with your spouse is uh, is more significant than, you know, it. you're losing a lot of the aspects of being married and being in a meaningful relationship. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Physical, medical reasons aside, but here's just a, for example, because then, you know, it can happen from either side of the relationship. People then could meander outside of the relationship and looking for that a need for that human connection with somebody else, you know, essentially cheat. So that's something. And justify it because they hadn't been with their spouse in a while. Exactly. So here would be a suggestion. Even if you don't feel like it, there's things that you can do. And this was Dr. Laura's advice. So I thought this mm-hmm. was kind of awesome. This is what I told this person. I won't even say it was a man or woman mm-hmm. that asked Yeah, me. that's fine. But there's things you can do physically. I think everyone will agree that will, uh, to yourself or to your spouse, that will, even if they're not psychologically in the mood, even if there's been a long chasm of time between when you were last intimate, there are certain physical things, I think we can all agree, that will cause the other person to say, perhaps be stimulated to step away from the TV or to, you know, maybe reconsider. Perhaps be more interested in you. Yes, exactly. So So if you're not having an intimate relationship with your spouse or your partner, don't blame them. And assuming you want to change that, take the responsibility yourself and do something that's going to set the stage for the rekindling of your sexual relationship. Well, and that, that was, if I recall correctly, her, her leading point was don't blame your spouse. Be the leader in the relationship. And yep. if you expect to see that change, and I remember uh, it was probably a call or something we were listening to where, where she actually said, do you act like, do you look like, do you sound like someone that you would want to be intimate with? And if the answer is no, then it's on you, you know. 
and to own that. So I would agree with that. That's a really important thing. And that's where all these points basically circle back to is personal responsibility. Yeah, and being present and being focused and having good communication, not hiding out from things, not letting things go too far. Because you could take any one of our points from the past six uh, podcasts and say, you know, when that's happening, probably you don't realize a lot of it. And then it catches up to you, like becoming unattractive, becoming uninteresting. That just doesn't hit you one day. That's a gradual thing. And so that gets back to being present, being conscious of what's going on, being introspective, being communicative with your spouse. And ultimately, I think the thing that ties all this together really is the mutual goal setting. Because if you have mutual goals and you're talking about them and they're posted and you maybe have your kids involved in some accountability of that, that makes you be present every single day because you, you have to talk about how are your goals going with that. So look at, look at our uh, just hitting the high points of some of the, these, you know, uh, as far as the points we've gone over for the past week. You know, all of these points, and you guys should go back and read these. Our notes are on timandjulieharris.com, and obviously you can listen to the shows. All of these points, the only way they're actually going to have any relevance to you, the only way they're going to benefit you is if you take responsibility for them. And I, again, I'm going to go to, I'm thinking about, again, that message I got from the guy, oop, I just said it, slipped. Who, who basically has slipped out of, it slipped, who has slipped out of the, you know, he's, he wanted to be intimate with his wife. And it all goes back to um, setting aside, blaming the other person and taking complete responsibility. The taking of their complete, the 100% assuming responsibility for whatever the problem is, is for a lot of people, a ego chasm that can never be crossed because they want to feel like they're victims forever. So if you do not have the health, if you do not have the wealth, if you do not have the nature of the relationship that you wanted to have, if you don't have the business that you want to have, keeping this as close to our topic, our, mm-hmm. our point of podcasting in the first sure. place, if those, all of those things, whatever you want in your life, the best way for you to get what you want is to give what you want away as pertains to this series to your partner. Even and especially if or when you don't actually feel that way. That is the key right there. Oh, I love that full circle that Julie just drew because it goes back to one of our Harris rules, which, by the way, oh, I didn't tell you, we have over 500 five-star ah, reviews good. now. We I broke know. 500. It's awesome. Great. I Thank love, you guys. guys, we love your reviews of our book on Amazon. I'm sorry for not telling you that. Uh, Amazon's for sale, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. We love, love, love hearing you guys benefit from it when you, uh, especially the verified reviews where people will, um, you know, read it or listen to it because it's available on Audible and they'll get it and you and they'll talk yeah. about how it changed their lives. I like the lives. stories about, and the specifics, yeah. Right, but really with all of our podcasts, all of our thousands of podcasts and anybody who's ever said anything to you that's had an impact on your life in a positive way, it always goes back to 100% personally owning the result. So if you don't like some aspect of your life, the worst thing you can do is blame the other person. Even if, frankly, it's their fault, right? If they screwed up or something happened, you're going to have to take the lead in basically turning things around. Stop being a victim. And if you say, I don't like being a victim or I don't, I, you know, victim is, how did you react to what I just said? Ma- internally, check yourself. When I said stop being the victim, are you mad? Are you insulted? Well, it's because you're stuck with the idea of being a victim. And a lot of people uh, have been trained, have trained themselves to feel like they're a victim. They're stuck in the idea that, you know, they somehow are, they're stuck in some sort of, uh, you know, there's not enough to go around. There's not enough love. There's not enough money. There's not enough, whatever it is. There's not enough time. There is. You have to start with yourself. You have to start with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I think it's Harris Rules number four, to which I was, the point I was trying to make. So that pertains not just to your business, but that also pertains to your personal life sometimes. And that's okay. 
Don't think your marriage and a long-term marriage, right? It's not supposed to – look, if you do the work, and it is work sometimes, of sucking up your ego, of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, if you do the work – like Julie and I went on the six-mile walk this morning. I did not feel like going on the walk. <laughs> I mean, I, 90% really. of me didn't want to go, but I still went. And the reason I went – is because I know the point of the damn walk <laughs> isn't just to get our exercise in, but it's also for Julie and I to stay connected. That mm -hmm. is the whole damn point of the walk. That's the same reason we intentionally schedule ourselves throughout the day. This part, this podcast is a good bit of it too. Mm -hmm. We intentionally schedule ourselves throughout the day to spend time with each other talking about rekindling and reinforcing all these types of thoughts. And you guys should do the same thing. You might have maybe your partner or your spouse, you're not working with them. And maybe they go on their you know, job one day, you know, mm -hmm. every morning you go, in your, you go in your opposite direction. You can still use some of these points and pull it back in. Have them listen to this podcast. Um, we are strong proponents of Dr. Laura Schlesinger, frankly. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the books like um, when I have – I've had coaching clients who have had – particular issues it doesn't even matter i mean she's written books on everything and i'll yeah. mail i'll have yeah. you know, amazon no, it's will drop it's ship very them a practical book. Very totally practical. and she doesn't mess around so i think that we like her direct nature of how she goes about it's not really coaching but it's it's psychological coaching maybe is what you would say but uh yeah she has a book on basically everything men women marriages kids you know so it's a great resource and also the business books that you've recommended uh, profit isn't everything. It's the only thing. I still like The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. That's been updated a bunch of times for the sake of separating responsibilities in your business. I use that with coaching clients a lot. There's another book called Habit Stacking, where you kind of alluded to that without really realizing. Habit Stacking is talking about uh, marrying several habits together to make the execution of all of them easier. So our walk is great exercise. Well, we write, we, we write podcasts. We write podcasts. Walk. We yep. take notes with each other. We are social. We run into friends. We rekindle with each other. We reconnect with each other. So that is a form of habit stacking. The initiation was go on the walk, get your exercise. But we're also in the habit of doing these other things that reinforce that habit. And it makes it easier for you to be consistent. So I really like that book, Habit Stacking. And don't ask me the author's name, but it's it's uh, Amazonable. All right, I'm going to end today's uh, show with, first of all, Happy Valentine's Day. And I'm going to tell you guys mm -hmm. a, a true story. And uh, again, this just popped in my mind when Julie mm -hmm. was inspiring me with what she was saying. Um, with, there was a couple, and I won't mention their names, who we'd uh, coached for a long time. And they were, and at the time I was prop, I mean, it doesn't matter the age difference, but there was an age difference of about 15 years probably. And they were having marital problems. And um, they were, they wanted to, they flew to meet with Julie and I. We were speaking at some event and they flew there, not for the event, but they wanted to speak with, uh, actually this specifically with me. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting with them and they, you know, the body language was cold to each other. And the, this is a couple that, you know, uh, I'd mostly coached him. Occasionally I would speak with her, but mostly him. So I didn't know that they'd been building this void between the two of them. And these types of things happen in marriages, guys. This, you, know, you enter kids, enter business, enter money, lives, they, all this stuff. It causes mm -hmm. sometimes the thing that they let go is the very thing that should have been the priority, which is the marriage. So they prioritize the kids. Remember we told you guys not to prioritize your children over your marriage. They prioritize the business over their marriage. They didn't make the business and the marriage uh, sort of a having joint custody of the goals, yeah. if you will. That's a good way okay. to look at it. All right. So they screwed some stuff up and where they were focusing and now they were paying the price. And I remember sitting with these two. Um, and I remember, uh, like, I'm not, again, this, this was just coaching, but I asked them, I asked them to describe without the other interrupting the other, 
and they weren't really after interrupting each other. They weren't really saying anything. So I asked um, Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I asked Bob to describe the first time he saw Bobette. Mm-hmm. Right, not their real names, listeners. <laughs> and um, he went in to tell this whole story, and I kept on asking him questions. And uh, she was sitting right there, and so I asked more and more questions, and like not just like uh, I asked not softball. Questions. I did ask some like marginally locker room questions mm-hmm. because I wanted her to hear that he found her very sexually attractive. Mm-hmm. And I had them uh, describe. I had him describe in great detail about you know, he started talking about her, how dare we say different um, attributes, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And and then you know he went and he just he just started. He was resisting obviously, because he wanted to stay in this victim mode. But then I had him. At, he, he was looking and, and and you know I I or at least I knew I was breaking free. Uh, past his ego when he started looking up, you know, looking at the sky, remembering that when people generally speaking are thinking or they're remembering, they're looking up, you know, not throwing some NLP your guys' way. I'm just saying it's a fact. And so mm-hmm. he was starting to do that. And he started to put himself back in that state where he originally met, where they originally fell in love and the whole thing. And she started to cry. Yes. I remember this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you telling uh, me about it. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then I had her do the same thing. And her story was the same because she remembered that exact same moment. Um, but not with much detail. <laughs> yeah, but what you were doing there is you were bringing them back to their original attraction. Right. And reminding them of what's most important. But I think you did that really well because they heard it from each other. And you were the catalyst that made them reconnect and to stop going their separate ways. Yeah, and it was incredible. It was an amazing moment for me, but it was a really amazing moment for them. And I remember they're both. I was facing them. They're both sitting next to me. And then I put my hand on his knee. Then I put my hand on her knee. And then they that physically they were connected, even though mm-hmm. they weren't quite ready to be connected together sure. with their own you know bodies. Mm-hmm. But and then pretty much they thank me to this day for that. I've had several experiences yeah. like that. And and they've since come together and been successful. And yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. I, you do. They're together. You so, do. Yeah. So yeah. So you know it is Valentine's Day, and yes. if you're having any of these thoughts about any of these points. It is your job to own it and to do something about it. And I'm sure, listeners, that there are many of these points that you already are well aware of and doing a really great job and setting a great example for your family and your spouse and your partner, however you're set up, okay? But if there are things that resonated with you, don't just do nothing about it. Do something about it, but it's all up to you. We've given you plenty of yarns to pull on. We've given you plenty of books. Hopefully, we've given you the whole point of the series was to give you guys some inspirations and, frankly, give us a break from talking about buying buyer leads <laughs> exactly. in teams and branding and yeah. marketing and all the Ugh. other goofy crap that Zillow basically, and all that stuff. you know, I've, just all around the bend on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our 2022 and frankly, 23 real estate market predictions and really economic predictions. And so far, look, I'm not ready to take our victory lap yet because yeah. it's only February. And if you're listening to this podcast and replay, don't worry about it. This is still relevant. Um, but we are unfortunately pretty much spot on about mm-hmm. everything. This inflationary cycle is going to cause all kinds of, you know, Basically, other it's we're going to probably have a recession. Yep, it's probably going to change. You're right. Interest rates are going to go up. Things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Things are going to start the whole. But here's what I'm looking forward to, frankly. What's that? And listeners, all you know, since we are real estate coaches and this that is our genre, we'll go back and circle back to that. You're going to watch. One of our predictions was all of these little goofy, assholery companies <laughs> that have been basically spawned only from a hot seller's market. All these guys trying to sell you guys leads and branding and marketing, all these little, you know, shiny object businesses, you're going to watch them all drop like flies in the, in the next really probably six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? Because they always do. 
They're the first ones to leave the market because what happens is agents start looking down the barrel at, for example, in Austin, Texas right now, there's a total of how many sale, houses for sale, Julie 672 Harris? actives. Yeah. And, and that the average, act, we have rentals there, so that's the reason we know that. And the average days in the market, Julie Harris. Just 24. And last year, the numbers were in both cases were double. Yes, and even more than that, yes. Yeah. So, and so one of the, we're going to do a series of podcasts that is drilling down even deeper on why it's so critical for you to be the listing agent, okay? I, I saw something posted the other day about what buyer's agents have for dinner, and it was basically a plate full of ice cubes, you know? And it's not getting better for you guys. Your commissions are being driven down. It's super competitive. And we know that your challenge is finding active listings. We're going to help you with that you over might a not, series of podcasts. You might know, not know that is your challenge or should we be do. your challenge. We do. <laughs> you should all be focusing on becoming listing agents. You should all uh, absolutely be repulsed uh, by anybody who tries to sell you anything that's not going to be uh, listing, uh, focused. listing focused. Buying buyer leads, branding, marketing, those things are nice little extra frilly things you can have. Uh, they're, they're sort of luxury thoughts. We're entering yeah. in a time in, in the economy and the housing market where, frankly, you might be able – you don't want to have to – You don't, the luxury thoughts are things you need to set aside. And you need to get back to really what the, you know, the real point of real estate is, which is being a listing agent. And we're going to show you how to do that. That's the whole point. So we're going to mm-hmm. do a, a podcast series on that. But it's fascinating to me to watch this economy change, watch the housing market shift, watch the new, the, the winners, the people who are winning now, especially the listing agents, they're going to win at a higher level than ever before. For sure. Agents who have built their big businesses on buying leads and Zillow flex agents and all the rest of it, and the re- referral fees are going to go up, all these types of things, they're going to see commission compression like never before. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of these, a lot of these guys are going to struggle needlessly because they've been following this uh, essentially a, a business model that only works in a certain kind of market. That market is changing, guys, and it's going to be very obvious in about another six months. So listen to your future real estate coaches or remember your present, maybe your present uh, real estate coaches. Put all your best efforts every single day to becoming a listing agent. And of course, we want you to join our Premier Coaching Program. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. We will fast track you uh, to becoming a listing agent. You don't want to be one of the agents, and this is what most of them will do, who towards the end of this year, actually it'll happen about July, they're going to say, well, I'm just going to write this year off. Now, they won't necessarily consciously say it, but they'll say it with what they're not doing. So they're just going to essentially write the year off. They're going to live off HELOCs or all kinds of – they're setting themselves up for a lot of financial turmoil, whereas what they should have done is right now – is they should have committed to becoming listing agents. If you're listening to this in replay, it's not too late for you. Become a listing agent. And we're going to do a series of podcasts on that. But really, we're not going to give you the drill down. We're only going to give you the overview because we have you for 30 to 45 minutes every day. And we got to get back to work yep. as we do now. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is for those of you ready to jump the line, become Premier Coaching members, just text the word Premier to 47372. You can join for around $100 a month. And remember, message and data rates may apply. So Julie Harris, I love you and happy Valentine's Day. I love you happy valentine's day to you as well and to all of you listening this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com